following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. When life hands you a unique shift, what happens next? The gift is the shift. Welcome to The Sky's the Limit with your host, Karen Levitt. In our program, you will hear from people who have discovered the gift, whether through personal experience or those that are helping others through this experience. You'll find the next hour to be a motivating and encouraging one. Now, here is Karen Levitt. Hi, everyone. And I am thrilled today to be joined with Reverend Denise D. Simone. So Reverend Denise D. Simone, a little bit about her, is an author, motivational, inspirational, and public speaker, as well as a workshop leader, with an extensive background in interfaith ministry and a wide range of holistic healing practices. These healing practices include sound healing, Reiki, polarity therapy, reflexology, shamanism, and process therapy. Denise is the author of her book, Stage 4, From Stage 4, excuse me, to Center Stage, which is an extraordinary story of her courage, strength, and inspiration. She travels extensively throughout the United States speaking and teaching. And with that, I would like to welcome Reverend Denise DeSimone. Well, thank you, Karen. It's so nice to be on with you. I'm really looking forward to our time together. I know this is such a special show. I'm I'm so grateful. I I know Denise personally, and she, you are such a, a light. You really are. You're such a, a <laughs> you're such a beacon of love. You really are. You just you just make people's hearts burst open. Oh, and um, you know when you wrote your book, you you had quite a story, and um, your book is your journey. So mm-hmm. I'd like I'd like to just if we can just jump right in and tell us about your life prior to your diagnosis and how you lived it, your work, your experience, your family. If you would, that'd be wonderful. Sure. Um, prior to my diagnosis, which came in uh, 2005 September, I was just turning 50 years old. And um, my life prior to getting a stage four. Um, throat and neck cancer diagnoses was a really busy life, you know. I just, I didn't have much time to get sick. I'll tell you that right now. I was uh, working full-time. I was in sales selling um, software in the high-tech industry. I was on the board of trustees at um, at Unity on the River in Amesbury, Mass. I was running my own private part-time healing Center up in Newburyport, Mass., offering Reiki and reflexology. And I was at that time riding my bicycle about uh, 100, 150 miles a week, training to ride a 90 mile ride in one day to raise money for cancer for children and research through the Dana Farber and the Jimmy Fund in Boston. And 
I was involved in, you know, my family, my social life. I have a very large Italian family. I have a very wide range of friends. I'm a very social person. And I was not anywhere um, aware that I was as sick as I was. And my life before was really rich and full and busy, you know, like most people mm-hmm. when they're 50 years old. You didn't have anything, no no telltale signs, no real telltale signs? I had been really tired, and I had had a, um, a lump that kind of appeared on a gland that my doctor just said, oh, you don't need to see me, it's just a swollen gland, it'll go away, don't worry. Mm-hmm. Maybe you had the flu or something. And, and, you know, I was pushing it, Karen. I was tired. I was busy. I was, you know, I was burning the candle pretty much at both ends. And mm-hmm. I'm surprised that I was able to do what I was doing, given that I was as sick as I was. So from there, what was your initial reaction like when you first found out that you had the cancer? Well, that's a good question. I... um well, let's back up a little bit. When I when I knew something was drastically wrong mm-hmm. was the day that I did what's called the Pan Mass Challenge. And the Pan Mass Challenge is the bike ride that I was involved in. I had done it in 2003 in support of my sister-in-law who had just been diagnosed with cancer. And this was two years later in 2005. And so I did the ride. And about halfway through the ride at lunch, we were about 40-something miles into the ride. I was deathly ill. I mean, I was literally, like, like hanging over the handlebars, not the proper way to ride a bike long distances. And I was, I was sick to my stomach. I couldn't eat anything at lunch. And I went to the medic tent, and they wrapped me in that silver mylar stuff. And mm-hmm. I had about... Oh, 10 or 11 shots of my lanta to calm the monster, you know, that was just mm-hmm. kind of turning everything up. And so I was um, encouraged by my best friend who was riding a ride with me not to ride the rest of the ride. And I said, no, I'm riding this ride. I just raised thousands of dollars and I want to honor my commitment that I made. Mm-hmm. And so it was only, it was just two days later that I was, pushed my way into my doctor's office because I was so sick. And he turned ashen white within five minutes of touching me, touching my neck. And he said, um, I, I think you have cancer. And I said, what? So oh I was, it was, I was by myself, you know, you just, I was going to the doctor and I didn't think to bring somebody with me. And I remember sitting in my car and, I mean, it was like one of those moments where you're almost not even in the moment. You're, you're so in the moment that everything going on around you looks like an old-time movie. Like, mm-hmm. it's not real. You're just kind of floating by. And I remember almost like looking at my hand, putting the key into the ignition. It was just almost like everything was in slow motion. Mm-hmm. And I just sat for, I don't even know how long. I just sat in my car. I didn't say anything. I didn't call anybody. I was just in this kind of numb, like, this guy's got to, he's got to 
this is this he's he's totally wrong. I don't have cancer. If I had cancer, I would have known. I would have known a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And so for a while, you know, you go along and you go through tests, and even the, you know, the doctor that had to do the surgery for the initial biopsy told me, oh, I see this all the time. Don't worry about it. Nothing. It'll just we'll just biopsy it, and it'll go away on its own. And then he woke me up in the operating room and. Again, I was totally alone, and he said, uh, you have cancer, and it's fast-moving, and it's very serious, and you are, you know, you really, you're a sick woman, and you need to get, you need to get treatment right now. And that's when everything just kind of went, wow. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. But, but, you know, when you have a diagnosis like this, and for anybody out there listening that has had a situation like that, you know, mine's not unique. Every, I mean, look at the epidemic proportion of cancer and, and, and other diseases. But, you know, it's like a shade went up. It's like the shade goes up. And my initial reaction was, you know, I say in my book that my eyes were constantly misty. And mm-hmm. not because I was sad, but because I was so moved by the brilliance and the, 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 the love of life and how beautiful and precious every moment is and how we just don't, Sometimes it takes, I mean, I appreciated my life before that, but there's a whole different level when someone tells you you have three months to live, which is Mm -hmm. what they told me. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, you begin to see with new eyes. It's it's amazing. Everything that you see on a daily basis begins to, it looks new. Yeah, everything is new, yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's like that song by Tim McGraw, Live Like You're Dying. You know, it's such such an important message, you know, because mm-hmm. everybody, every day we live, we're dying we're closer to death, and we might as well, one thing cancer taught me, and you know, I, you've heard me speak enough, it's to love yourself and live in the moment, because it's all you get, mm-hmm. and you better have fun doing it, if you're not having fun, don't do it. Right, and you know, it's a good thing you had to have your strong Italian family, you, you needed them, really. Yeah, and I have, a lot, I have a lot of amazing friends, too, and my family were great, and and my friends were just incredible, incredible. And they all were just they were they all banded together to be such a great team. Oh, that's such a blessing. And I know you you touched on it briefly, but if I can go back, um, what type of cancer specifically did you have, and what um, ty- types of treatment were used? If I can ask. Yeah, sure. I had. Oh, great! Um, Thank you. I had a, a squamous cell carcinoma, stage four. Um, tumor on the back of my tongue that had spread to um, my entire neck. So it was in my throat and my neck, all the lymph nodes. So I did a lot of radiation. I did one round of chemo and then I I denied chemo. And and this is one of the major lessons that I love to share with people is, you know, I never go out. You know me. I speak all over the country. I speak at from Rotary Club meetings to churches to cancer groups to conferences to doctors. And one thing I say is that was my process. It was my choice. It was my knowing. Mm-hmm. Chemo is good for some people. I got very quiet and got into my place of stillness and my truth. And I knew that chemo was not going to be good for me. And I always work with people and I encourage people. You know, I just, I'm working with a woman right now who has stage four metastatic breast. 
and they wanted to do a clinical trial with her, and she just didn't have, she just couldn't get her head and heart around doing it. And Mm -hmm. I said, you know, I can't tell you to do it, and I can't tell you not to. I'm not that, that's not who I am. What I'm going to suggest is that you really get quiet and you look inside and pray on it and 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 get in the stillness of it, and the answer's there. Mm-hmm. And that's how people have to make their decisions when they have a crisis like this. And sometimes we tend to, we go so fast, and at moments like that in our lives, you know, fear can take over. And I had to work through the fear to get to the place of knowing my treatment consisted of a lot of radiation. They radiated the heck out of me, mm-hmm. 40, 40 sessions. And I had one round of chemo, and then, you know, I'm very well-versed in a lot of um, holistic and complementary treatments. And if you go on to my website, denisedesimone.com, under um, on one of the tabs, it says alternative treatments, and there's a plethora of all the treatments I did, the explanations, how they work, what they did. And so the combination of both, the holistic and the traditional mm-hmm. was really good combination for me. That's beautiful. And, you know, you touched on prayer or having people go within. What would you say to someone who might be listening who, you know, maybe maybe they don't have a faith or they don't, maybe they are just haven't believed in the power of prayer. They've resisted. What would you share with them? Well, you know, prayer, that's why I'm an interfaith minister, because I believe that um, whether you have a certain faith or you don't even believe in prayer, when, you know, when push comes to shove and we're pushed up against the reality of, oh my goodness, this is a life and death situation, there's somehow somebody that you start talking to. Whether you you want to call it prayer, or you want to call it fear, or you want to call it help me, I don't know who you are, I don't know what you are, I don't know what created this amazing universe that we live in, but something Mm -hmm. did. And when we are at, you know, when the fuse is going out and we are pushed, we are going to somehow, somehow come up with something. So if somebody's listening and you're not, you know, you don't have a particular faith. I don't believe you have to have a particular faith. I mm-hmm. think you have to have faith in yourself. And I think you have to have faith in humanity. And I have. I think we have to have the power of um, knowing that there is a bigger existence. We are part. We're just a, a speck in a larger, grander scheme. And there's a lot of energy in that grander scheme. And so when we need it, there's a place to access that. And whether it's through just sitting there thinking a happy thought or even I'm scared, I don't know who you are, what you are, but I need some help. Mm -hmm. Um, And for those who believe in prayer, I swear to you, I am alive because of the people in my life that held a high watch and prayed and the prayers that I I was able to come up with, and in my book, there's, I don't know if you've read my book, but in my book, mm-hmm. there's um, many, every chapter has 
um, a spot where it says time to pray. Mm -hmm. And what those are, those places in my book, those, those pause moments in my book, are verbatim the prayers that I wrote during my treatment time. Because when I had treatment, the first thing they did was they put a feeding tube and inserted a feeding tube, and that's how I was fed for nine months. I didn't drink no. water. I couldn't speak by noontime or one o'clock as the radiation took place and got mm-hmm. more. You know, radiation is a very insidious thing. Um, the more you do it, the, 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 the really, the worse it gets. And then even when it's finished, it keeps working for another few months and it's, it's, you're burnt. I had, I was just really burnt inside my throat and my mouth and my, my neck. And so, I tell you that because all of life's essentials were stripped away. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, when, you, when, you, when you can't eat and you can't really speak and you can't drink water and you just, there was, it was some of the most challenging and difficult, painful, painful moments in my life. But they were some of the most beautiful moments in my life because it was nothing but me and the energy of the one. Mm-hmm. And I, I love to pray. And sometimes, I mean, I was standing in front of a statue of the Blessed Mother today. Just today, I was out on a walk, and I walk, I take my walk, and I go by this huge, like, 10-foot statue of Our Lady of Grace. And she's my buddy. I really love her. And I was standing, starting to pray, and I, I looked up at her, and I go, you know, sometimes I don't even know how to pray. <laughs> I think you, I think you're getting what I'm saying. I think you're getting it, you know? And, I mean, so sometimes, let's just be honest, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes there are moments where I don't even know if I know the right words, but it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Just be in the place of accepting the good that there is for us and just tap mm-hmm. into that and trust it. Nice. That's beautiful. And on that, Denise, we're going to pause for a quick break. So we hope you'll stay tuned. We'll be back in a moment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Our world is shrinking. We get information across the planet as fast and as easily as across the street. Lately, it seems as if none of it is good. The world has become so addicted to negativity, fear, drama, and our kids are learning fast. Are you worried about your teen? Do you know where they are, who they're with, and what they're really up to? Power of Peace Radio tackles real issues that are changing the minds of the next generation. Get involved in the conversation on Monday evenings with Kit Cummings. Pop Radio is about interrupting and redirecting those who are on a dangerous course and bringing light into dark places with powerful topics and real stories. We bring hope to those who need it most because hope is the new dope. Power of Peace Radio, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. 
If you're looking for tips for personal success, look no further than DJ and the Bear, keeping you at the top of your game with your hosts, leadership and personal effectiveness consultant, Dieta Jones, and Richard Dent, formerly of the champion Chicago Bears. Together as a husband and wife team, they've raised a family, owned two successful businesses, led major philanthropic initiatives through their foundation, and lived the ultimate lifestyle. Find out their secrets. Listen every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Sky's the Limit with Karen Levitt. If you have a comment or question about the show, we encourage you to send an email to the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. That's the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. And remember to use the hashtag the gift is the shift all over social media and encourage others to discover the program. Now, back to Karen Levitt. Hi, everyone. And I'm here with Denise D. Simone. And we were just speaking about Denise's journey with her diagnosis of uh, throat cancer, stage four. And I want to ask her now, coming back, how long did it take to be told you were in remission? I know it was quite a journey that you shared with us when you were initially diagnosed. So, mm. uh, Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's at the five-year mark that they really want to see somebody get to before they start talking about you're in a, a safer zone. Um, so it's, it's about the five-year mark where they, where they let you start coming in maybe once a year instead of every three months or every six months. Mm-hmm. And so this year, this uh, past um, month in September, it was my 10-year anniversary. So it's been a this big milestone. Very excited, very exciting, and um, doing great. And um, another decade, I had been diagnosed right when I turned 50, and so my 10 years and my 60th birthday all at once, so it's been been very, um, very, very fun to celebrate both of those together. That's beautiful. Yeah, because initially they told you they had a very short window, didn't they, as I recall? Yeah. Yeah, they told me I had uh, about 90 days. I needed to move really fast because I wanted to go the alternative route. And they said, well, if you have a miracle up your sleeve, go ahead and see what you can do. But if you don't, you're probably looking at around Christmas time. You won't be here. Uh, so, you know, you do what you got to do. And I'm glad I did. That's, that's incredible. And you've said, um, to use your quote, the presence of cancer was the best present I ever received. That may seem odd to some to some people to hear. Can you really explain what that means? I mean, you went into it yeah. a little bit before, but yeah, to share the, your the, the presence, the, the the rest of that is the presence of cancer was the best present I ever received because it really taught me to be present. Ah, thank you. So most of us run around and we get busy with the busyness of our lives and we are really not present. Most of the time people are so busy thinking about the next thing to do or what they didn't do right last time or they're not even, you know, in their bodies that, you know, there's nothing like uh, a cancer diagnosis 
mm-hmm. for you to stop mm-hmm. really appreciating the, the minute that, you know, the moment and moment by moment mm-hmm. by moment. Do I live that way 100% of the time? No, I'd be a liar if I told you I did. Do I live that way a high percentage of the time? Yes, I do. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's a process. It's a skill. It's a training. It's a, start thinking about what you think about. You know, we have 75,000 thoughts a day. Most Mm. of them are on the negative side of thinking. So we have to start using our, and developing our muscle, if you will, for Mm -hmm. paying attention to what we pay attention to. Right. And, you know, you're, you're talking my kind of talk right now, although I, you know, I don't have the diagnosis of cancer. Um, with my with my injury, my brain injury, I have to be completely present to what I'm doing due to the areas that are torn. Um, you know, language, it, it comes and goes and it, the hamster falls out of the wheel, as I like to say, and the area mm-hmm. of numbers are torn, which is really difficult when you're a nurse and then realize mm-hmm. you can't do math. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I have to be really present to do everything. Or to even try to do something because, you know, then the cognitive fatigue kicks in, which I'm sure you can relate to in some, some aspect with your own journey. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, to be, to learn, yeah, to learn to be really present is amazing because, you know, comes all the self-talk and the fatigue and the, well, I could do this and now I can't quite do it the same way. So it's, you relearn, you have to re-navigate into the world. So mm-hmm. and when you do it, it's beautiful. Like mm-hmm. Now, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's well, really... It, it, it's beautiful, too, and, and for me, you know, I mean, my whole life is, and, and really all there is, all we have is each other. You know, when someone asked me halfway through the journey, my boss at the time asked me, um, so what are you learning? And I said, well, in a nutshell, people get you through and love is all that matters. And all we really, that's actually the last line in my book, and mm-hmm. the 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 preciousness about being in the moment and really present is that you're really present to other people. You're present to your process and for you, honey, you have to be present because of, you know, you're really, you're, you need the, your attention needs to be really sharp because of your injury, Mm -hmm. which I'm sorry that that happened to you. And, when you're present as well, you really, uh, you know, I notice there are sometimes ever be talking with somebody and they, don't, they are not listening to one word you're saying. <laughs> you can just tell. You just know. Like, they're so not, they're so not with me. <laughs> and, and I really like to be, when I'm with somebody, I'm really, I'm listening. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm right there. Mm-hmm. I know. It's true. You can tell. And, um, yeah, it's such a gift to have someone that's really engaged and to really, to really hear and to share. That's such a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, I know you said that beating, so to go on this, what, what helped you stay positive through all this, through your journey? Well, you know, I, I'm one of those blessed people. I think I was born with, um, you know, in India, they call them Ojas, O-J-A. And an Oja is kind of the, the, energy that runs through your your beingness that carries from life to life almost. And I came in with some pretty powerful positive ojas. Mm-hmm. And so and what helps me stay positive when I don't feel so positive is 
you know, it comes back to not to be redundant, but I think about, you know, in this now moment, everything's great. Like, mm-hmm. like when I really get down to it and I just get in gratitude, you know, gratitude is our gateway to grace. Gratitude can bring us all the goodness. When we're grateful, you can't help but be positive because I, I can look at my life and say, oh, well, this, this could be better or I wish this was this way. And then take a look at your life and think about from the minute you wake up and go, wow, I woke up. Thank you. Exactly. Like here I am in another day. I can put my feet on the ground and get up and walk. I'm mobile. How many people don't have legs? I mean, you don't think of that. You know, I get in the shower, and sometimes I just let the water run over me, and I'm just moved by the gratitude that in this day and age, there are people on this planet that don't have water. They don't have running water. They don't have clean water. They don't have food. We are in America, and people take it for granted. It's like, folks. Don't ever take one thing. You want to stay positive? Just be grateful for everything, everything in your life. So true. You know, look at the news right now in the Carolinas. My goodness. Oh, How quickly. I have friends, yeah. I have friends down there. This is, it's just devastating. And you know, at any moment, in your life can change in a flicker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's why I say... Have fun. If you're not having fun, don't do it and be be in the moment and, and be having a good time because <laughs> you never know. You never know. So do you think, is beating cancer more of a fight or more of an acceptance? No. More of a fight or more of a what? More of a fight or more of an acceptance. You know, because you said well, have fun doing it, so. Yeah, that's a good question, and, and that ties into why I feel like I was spared. I feel like I was spared to usher in a paradigm shift, which is my life's work, actually. Well, two things. It kind of dovetails into my work about self-love, which I really do believe is the all-time greatest healer. Mm -hmm. But when I was diagnosed, not long after I started to realize, I had a question that was pressing, and I thought, what? why is cancer the only disease that is referred to as a battle? You know, you don't hear someone losing their battle, which they don't lose their battle with heart disease or diabetes or Parkinson's. But everybody that dies from cancer, they lost their battle. And I thought, well, first of all, they're not a loser. They Mm -hmm. just died, and we're all going to die. Secondly, the paradigm shift that needs to be ushered in is where there is a battle, there's a war. And there's enough war going on. And I thought, you know, there's enough war going on inside of me. There's a disturbance, this disease, which is, if you hyphenate that word, mm-hmm. it's the disturbance and the disconnection from the ease and grace that I was born into and is my birthright. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't battle. I decided I would befriend my cancer. And I coached, you know, you can only imagine how many people that I work with and call me and, uh, you know, a lot of people out there that are struggling and dealing with cancer. And so I always encourage them to do what I did, even if they don't have cancer. I work with, I do, you know, I do private healing work. You know, I do private healing work in Danvers, 
in the day spa. Um, I do Reiki and sound healing and reflexology. And when I work with people, no matter what their challenge is, I, I suggest that what I did and the tool that I used was to have a conversation with my cancer like it was my friend. Mm-hmm. And I named it, you know, not only did I have throat and neck cancer, but, you know, I had a lot of pain in my neck. And then six months after my radiation, they did a four-and-a-half-hour surgery, and they removed the entire left side of my neck. I don't know if you've never noticed that when you're near me. Um, they did a good job, but still, I have no muscle and lymph nodes, nothing. It's, it's all gone. And so it was a pain in my neck, so that's what I named my cancer. I named, I named my cancer PIN, which is, a, you know, an mm-hmm. acronym for pain in the neck. <laughs> and I would just converse with PIN and ask, you know, what are you doing? Why now? Why me? What's happening? What do I need to learn? And the three major things, now, I mean, Chapter 6 of my book is entitled PIN, and there's lots of lessons and the pretty much not all of it, but a lot of the conversation. And Penn gave me a lot of good insight, a lot of good insight into what the what the lessons were. And anyone can do this if you're open. Mm-hmm. It's just accessing your higher self. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. That's so inspiring. You know, cancers. I mean, people hear it every day, right? They get the same news that you received. Yep. And yeah. Yep. So that, that's just such a powerful message. You send such a strong message. And we're going to get ready to take a quick break. And yep. we hope you stay with us. So we'll be back in a few moments. Thank you. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Do you feel alone, even when you're surrounded by others? Do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April J. Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to help you find out who you are. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Are you ready for a health, life, and empowerment show in one? Then be sure to listen every week for Living Well with Ann Beal. Ann takes her long-running TV show to the Internet Talk Radio Airwaves with guest experts and insight designed to help you live a healthy and successful life. By hearing from the experts and those who have found success, our goal is that you too will be motivated to do the same. Living Well with Ann Beal can be heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Sky's the Limit with Karen Levitt. If you have a comment or question about the show, we encourage you to send an email to the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. That's the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. And remember to use the hashtag the gift is the shift all over social media and encourage others to discover the program. Now, back to Karen Levitt. Hi, everyone. So I'm joined by De- Reverend Denise D. Simone, and before the break, we were talking about Denise's cancer, which she named 
pin and she started talking to it and we'll pick right up with that. So if you can talk about um, your conversations and what pin had shared with you and taught you. Yeah. For um, just to, to bring it back for people who m- might be joining us right now, I named my cancer so I could dialogue with it and so I could, befriended instead of battling, which is the paradigm shift that I feel is mine to usher in, and I've worked with and helped a lot of people. And in doing so, I was able to uncover what the major lessons were, you know, um, in, in because everything has lessons. I mean, that's what we're doing here, you know. We're here to have fun, but we're here to really have fun while we learn the lessons and learn the lessons while we're having fun. So when I started to converse with Pin, one of the first things that Pin said was stop wasting time and stop beating yourself up for nothing. And when I said I'm not beating myself up for nothing, Pin said it doesn't feel that way in here. And that was the first of many moments of doing some real deep work. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like I don't care who you are, I don't care how much money you have, I don't care how much money you don't have, I don't care how successful you've been, everybody has negative chatter, monkey mind, and we beat ourselves up day after day about nothing. Mm-hmm. All the perceived stuff we should have done or could have done or the voices from our parents or teachers or people in our lives. We have a uh, worry going on about what might happen, what could happen, what you don't want to happen, what you do want to happen, and we're in this constant loop of beating ourselves up for stuff that isn't even here yet and stuff that we has already gone by and we nothing can change the past except the moment right now. Don't let the moment now, don't let the past steal the moment now. Mm-hmm. And so I really, I took that to heart. And started to look at, and that's again that paying attention and thinking about what I'm thinking about, and using this 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 new skill to start to say, okay, now I'm okay. This I'm beating myself up here, and Pin said that's not what I'm supposed to be doing to heal myself. And the other thing that Pin said was, the more light you can hold, the less room there will be for me. Now. Hmm. That was a really good one because I thought, okay, well, I, I think I get that. And so I explored it. And what I, what I realized was that, you know, as we go through our lives, there's emotional trauma. Everybody has it. Mm-hmm. The first trauma is usually somewhere about four or five years old. Life's going great and everything's doing okay for most of us. And then... Something happens about four or five years old and you go, all of a sudden you wake up and you go, oh, wow, like, that's not so great. And Mm -hmm. you don't, you you know, we don't, but but that's the first of many layers of, of trauma. Now, those are stored in these little crevices and places within our body, which end up turning into diseases and emotional, mental, spiritual, physical, wherever they fall. And when Pim said, the more light you can hold, the less Mm -hmm. room there'll be for me. Now, I was doing a lot of work on holding some light. 
But I realized that I had to release. I had to get into my physical being. I had to not just take a spiritual bypass and go, oh, I have cancer. Isn't this great? I think I'll just, you know, like have this wonderful experience. No, that's not real. And I'm not, I wouldn't even begin to tell you that because it would be an untruth. I had to get down, and this is what I believe people need to do. We cannot forget that we are human beings. We are living in a dense place called Earth. And I, to make more room for the light, we have to let up and bring it out and let go of all the things that are in the way and blocking the light from permeating our being. That means I went and bought a wiffle ball bat, and my, my sister asked me why I was buying a whiff ball bat. I said, it's my new anger management tool. And I'm sorry. in order to get this, whatever was up and out, I would smack my pillow and beat my recliner, and I'd end up crying and sobbing and getting on the ground and rolling around like a baby, and then I'd end up laughing. And every time I let myself, that's why I love sound healing, because it bypasses the brain and goes deep into the cellular level of our being and starts to let go, starts to release. So there's so many tools, and in the interest of time, we don't have a lot of time to talk about it, but if you're listening, get in touch with me if you want to know more about this. But that's how I made more room for the light. And little by little by, I started to feel light. I started to feel all that stuff releasing. I started to feel better. My doctor was like, I don't know what you're doing, but she's doing it. And the third thing that Pin said was, the more you love yourself, the less reason for me to be here. Mm-hmm. And that's and when I, re- went and looked in, I went and looked in the mirror. And chapter seven in my book is called, Take a Good Look in the Mirror. And uh, that person in the mirror is your best friend. And most people will shy away from the mirror. You know, you look in there to make sure your hair looks good and you got no food in your teeth and all this other good stuff, but when you can really look into those windows of your soul and stare at that person in the mirror and take a real, real moment of, you might have to start with, I like you, and to get into a place where you can honestly look in those eyes and say, I love you, I love you, I'm here for you, and what you end up seeing is that child who was five years old who's all of a sudden had a trauma and happen and all the layers get laid on and you're really looking into the soul of taking care of that little kid and mm-hmm. start loving yourself like that. And I swear that's, that's truly how I heal myself. And as you're on your journey, you, and Pin said, the more you go, you know, surround with light and fill with light, the less the messages subside as you move through from Pin. The- um, the more you love yourself, the le- I mean, the, the the more light you hold, the less room there'll be for me. Right, um, right, and yeah, there was there was a there was a time when I was really um, involved in and pin, and I had some you know a lot of sessions, and then um, it wasn't so important. But this is a tool. Like in my life, there are times when something's going on, and I'll get into a conversation with it. Mm-hmm. You know, because our, our, but you don't just sit down and go, oh, and ask a question. You get a, you get quiet. That's why I believe that 
whether you call it meditation or not, if we're not sitting and being quiet for at least a little time during the day, we're really denying ourselves some of the most insightful moments. That still small voice has a lot to say. A lot of guidance. That is true. A lot of power there, too. A lot of love. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of power. And you touched on some of the alternate therapies, sound therapy. So, um, you know, you've used them. What what else did you use that supported your healing? Some of the alternative therapies be sound sound healing? Because I know you're a practitioner of many. Yeah, I did. Well, I I did. You know, I had. I'm. I was so blessed. You know, I couldn't really. I couldn't go out much. I was pretty much. People would pick me up, take me to radiation, take me home. I mean, that was the extent of it. Um, And for a while after that, it was. You know, I just had to pretty much stay home. And people would come in and do Reiki on me, reflexology, and then when I got a little bit. Um, better, I went to um, a Dr. Sebastio, who was my go-to naturopath, and I did, oh my gosh, all kinds of things. I did Swedish foot baths, and I did acupuncture, and I did um, something called Fango, where they they wrapped you up in this stuff that looked like slabs of chocolate brownies, and they would put this hot packs all over my body and wrap me up in sheets and I'd have to stay in there for 40 minutes and sweat like a fiend and I went into a hyperbaric chamber and I went into um, an infrared sauna at 130 degrees for 45 minutes and I mean I wrung out all my cells of toxins and Mm -hmm. you know I when I could eat I you know started to keep a really clean, um, not raw food diet, but pretty clean. And so I, I did a lot of, um, I did a lot of things that a lot of people that I didn't even know existed until I needed them. So, mm-hmm. and a lot of things, a lot of people don't know that because a insurance doesn't pay for it. I mean, I pretty much spent my retirement on keeping myself alive actually. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was quite expensive and, and I did have some help with that, which was really generous of the people in my life. But a lot of people would, you know, denied that because they don't have the money, they don't have um, the means to seek alternatives, and I believe that we have to get better at um, getting insurance companies to start looking at these different modalities mm-hmm. that can help. And, you know, like the Zaycom Center, Dana-Farber, and those kind of places... They're starting to come around with the mm, acupuncture and Reiki and things like that. They're starting. I mean, at least they're yeah, starting. Yeah. So that's that's good. Yeah. So hopefully. So we're going to take a quick break, Denise, and the rest of the listeners, and we'll be back shortly. We hope you stay tuned. Thank you. on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Now on Voice America. The road you travel in life is never a straight line. It's more like running around in circles, which is not a problem when you make Richard Flint a part of your world. When you're standing next to Richard, you begin to see a lot less confusion and a whole lot more clarity. Things just start falling into place. 
every Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The power to be with Richard Flint. Join us and more power to you. When is the last time you saw sparkles of life in your day? Each day holds a treasure, the extra in the ordinary. It is too easy to miss them because they're familiar and we take them for granted. If you want to add sparkle to your day, listen to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. She offers a new way to view the world and to discover your own Mighty Gems in daily life. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Sky's the Limit with Karen Levitt. If you have a comment or question about the show, we encourage you to send an email to Show at gmail.com. That's theskyesthelimitshow at gmail.com. And remember to use the hashtag TheGiftIsTheShift all over social media and encourage others to discover the program. Now, back to Karen Levitt. Hi, everyone. And I'm here with Denise, Reverend Denise D. Simone. And she's been talking from her heart, sharing so beautifully, and her journey of stage four throat and neck cancer. And through her journey, Denise really had um, a memorable milestone. Denise, I want to lead you into that. So 22 months after being warned you may never sing and your journey with cancer, you did something pretty remarkable. And I <laughs> would like you to sh- Yeah, and that that's where I got the um, name of my book from stage four to center stage. Um, you know, they did warn me that if I did live, I would potentially lose my singing voice. And as you know, I love to sing and play guitar and that was pretty devastating to not be able to sing. But as you mentioned, 22 months after my diagnosis, I was just uh, so gifted by being invited to sing the national anthem at Boston's Fenway Park before a Red Sox game. And it was just a remarkable 37,000 people in the stands, and it was um, Pan Mass Challenge Day. The Red Sox are one of the presenting sponsors for the Pan Mass Challenge bike ride I did. So there were over 5,000 people in the stands that were from the Pan Mass Challenge. And it was just, oh, my gosh, it was amazing. So that was, um, and the cover of my book is a picture of me uh, standing there singing. And so it was um it was pretty remarkable. So that was, um yeah, and they invited me back two years later to do it again. So that was that was just a dream come true. That's incredible. I am I, a I diehard Red Sox fan. <laughs> that's right. I got the chills when you were speaking about it. It's just incredible. Um, so, yeah, actually, what what speaking of that, did that inspire you to write your book? You said stage four to center stage, singing in Fenway Park. Uh, from stage four to center stage, yeah, a friend of mine gave me that title. She goes, "Oh yeah, that's a good title." From stage four to center stage, you want to write that book and. A friend of mine who is a very well-known research doctor in Boston, now she's out at UCLA, um, she is the one that encouraged me to write a book. And she said, you know, you ought to just, because what I, I couldn't really do much for months, except every day I wrote. 
And every day I also, not every day, but I was involved in chair pages where you can put kind of a blog out there and have people sign on. And I had, um, I had 200 and something people sign on and would stay present to my blogs. And either I would blog or somebody in my family or a friend would blog to let people know what was going on. And I blogged about 150 times and I received 890 messages. Wow. And a lot of that information, I just, a friend of mine read almost all of it and looked at me one day and said, this is a love story. And I said, wow, that's a really interesting way to put it. And so I just started to think about how many people suffer from so many painful situations in life and how, you know, there's always a silver lining. And But you've got to go through it, you know, where we're physical beings and we're spiritual beings and our spirituality has to make room for our personality and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And from that place, I wanted to, I did write a book that a minister looked at me one day and said, you know that book... That book is not, that's not about cancer. It's a manual for life. It doesn't matter who you are. And mm-hmm. Dr. Bernie Siegel, a lot of people know Dr. Bernie Siegel. You know, he endorsed my book. And, um, you know, he said reading her book can coach you to live a healed life. And that's really what inspired me to write the book is the lessons I learned that really don't have, it's not just about cancer. It's about life and and exactly. and loving yourself. and. Mm-hmm. And and uh, taking time, balance, and exactly appreciating the time we do have here and making it count, right? You bet. That's right. Yeah, that's you know right. that as well. Yeah, through my journey, I you've heard on the promo, the listeners have heard the hashtag. The gift is a shift. That's my little phrase that I coined, that stuck mm-hmm. with me. So I, mm-hmm. I always say, the gift is a shift. Mm-hmm. So you, you mm-hmm. so eloquently like- just spoke about with your book mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from your heart mm-hmm. and uh, I know you've been interviewed on several radio stations and TV and you know you've had an overwhelming response that you said and so what do you what do you think a person can actually get from reading your book I know you talked about you know Dr. Siegel but um, you know from from a regular lay person ordinary person what do you think they can receive you said it was a manual for life they yeah they will they will receive um, and a level of inspiration that they wouldn't really, I don't know, it just inspires people to go out and, and live their best life, which is really what we're all about, you know? Mm-hmm. Live your mm-hmm. best life, whatever that looks like, and live your life. What they're going to get from my book is live your life the way you want to live it. Don't let anybody else tell you how to live your life. Go out and live your life. And yeah. I think, I, I know so many people have told me they've read my book and they just, they were inspired to go do things that they only thought about doing, and they picked up and they said, I'm doing it, and I'm doing it now. It, that's that's so true. It's awesome. And where can someone get a copy of your book and get in touch with you, Denise, to learn more about the other healing modalities and sound therapies yeah. that you do? Well, the, the best place to get my book is from my website, Denise D. Simone, D-E-N-I-S-E, dot com, And my website has videos and stories and downloadable music, my original music, and sign up for my, my, my email list. And they can get 
my book and my CDs, my sound healing CD, my Pray Peace work, which we don't even have time to get into. Um, and they can go to the books and products page on my website. And I love it when people buy from my website because I can endorse the book and touch it and love on it and mail it myself and send it out to them. So um, that's, that's always the best place to get it, right there. That's wonderful. And you know, I, I would love to have you back. We can certainly talk about, go on for, I'm sure for another hour, you, we could talk about all that you're doing. And um, I would love to have you back if you're welcome, open to doing that at some point. And, oh, anytime. Yeah. Just, and yeah, um, I just I want to touch real quickly, you know, it's just such an honor and privilege to have you here as my guest to share with everyone. Your journey is so powerful and, you know, your walk, your mission what you do. Thank you. You're such an inspiration, really. And um, yeah, you, you should definitely, I'm going to tell all the listeners, they should definitely go to your website and check you out. And really to see her and to meet her, it far exceeds what you see on the book <laughs> of the cover. You're, you're a little package of dynamite. Yeah, she's she's just, a, you really are. You're, you're just, you're just a total bundle of love and light. And it's been wonderful. Um, the hours flown by, so we're coming to a close. And I want to thank you, Denise, and all the listeners. And I hope that you do check out her book. It's really fabulous. I've got to go back to reading it again. And she just informed me kindly that it is also available on audio. So that's great. So, yeah, please um, go to denisedesimone.com. And with that, Denise, I want to thank you for joining me. And I want to thank the listeners for tuning in. Until next week. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for The Sky's the Limit. Karen Levitt looks forward to having you tune in for another program next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, the gift is the shift.